Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Hello. Anybody home? Uh, ah. Okay, I got your dress. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. I'm still kind of getting organized, but I told it to start while I was finishing. I'm glad somebody showed up. I was beginning to wonder if I had the right uh, internet setting here or what. Yeah. yeah, no, we just got three minutes. So you figure Susan will be in three. 
Jack is just apparently running late. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Good. I slept really well, which was good because I um, didn't sleep the night before because I was trying to help a poor kitty cat that was lost. Um, but the kitty cat meowed the whole night, and I'm allergic to cats. So I was sniffling, sneezing, scratching, listening to a cat. You you were playing savior of the world. <laughs> savior, savior of the, of the cat, cat, at least. Yeah. Savior of the cats. <laughs> Hello, Jack. Good morning, crew. How are we? How are my mighty companions? How What's that? My, how are my mighty companions today? <laughs> well, we're missing one. <laughs> I think she'll make it. She'll make it. Uh, well, I felt better after last week. I talked to Reverend Tony. I was like, man, we barely finished the reading. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know. Me too. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> it wasn't from Boston. <clears throat> Who is this? Reverend Tony. Oh. <laughs> are, they following, are they following the same line we are? Yeah, it's always the first. The first week is the first of the book. So it's... um. Oh, okay. yeah. And so his class is on Mondays, but they're reading the same sections. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, we just barely got through two. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's six sections today, but they're all about the same length. And none of them are obscenely long like the last one. That's right. This is August. It is August. Yes. Everybody August. say it's her birthday. Happy birthday! Happy B day! We're going on a Petco shopping spree, thanks to Grandma and Papa, and it cracks me up. My parents send us like some sort of gift for her every year, so um, we got a Petco gift card this year. How old is your dog? Yeah, for my dog. Uh, how old is your dog? Uh, ten-ish. Could could be younger. Could be as as young as like seven, mm. but I know when I got her, they're like she's somewhere between three and six, and I was like, that's kind of a big range for a dog. And they were like, yeah, we 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 really don't know now know how old she is. Mm. <laughs> oh well, well, wow. <laughs> Susan, can you hear us? Hi, with her home sweet <laughs> home background. What? So with your home sweet home background, right? Your the kitty cat. With the kitty cat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Great. Doing well so far. Good. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Where'd the cat come from? Is that the one you always had? What? Is that the cat you always had? Uh huh. Yeah, I have two of them. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're at home still. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, Nathan, I um rescued a cat two days ago. So um I ended up I, we, we finally found the owner and all. But um I'm highly allergic to cats, but I felt bad for the cat, so I brought it home. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough night. Like the cat cat kept meowing. I literally had like hives all over my neck. Was sniffling when I was swollen shut, and then the owner was a jerk. So everybody, everybody in the neighborhood was pissed off when they, when she started posting on. Oh! But we rescued the cat. The cat was safe, so we're like, yay! And 
Wow, good for you. I don't think she's gonna let the cat out again just because everybody chewed her out. Oops. Oops. I'll say, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, it's mom. Hold on. Oh, moms are important. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have it. I don't know if it's a national app. There's a thing. It's called Next Door, and it's an app. And it allows you to communicate with the neighbors in the area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I put on, like, you know, found this cat. Cat was hungry. Cat was scared. Cat was next to a major street. So finally, like, 24 hours later, the girl was like, oh, that's my cat. Oh, and didn't have a collar on. She's like, he doesn't like wearing a collar. And so, you know, I've stopped putting it on him. And he just likes to go outside all the time. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know what to do about it. And I mean, everybody ripped this girl up and down. They were so bad. They were like, you're next to a major street. You don't just let the cat out. You find a collar that works. I was like, oh. <laughs> hopefully she keeps the cat in for now. Because she was like, well, the cat will just hopefully find it. And we're like, the cat was like 30, 30 feet away from a six-lane street. <clears throat> That's a little scary. As long as it doesn't go in the street. Well, well yeah, but it, it did run, it ran from, because <laughs> I had Fury with me, it ran for me and ran right across the other street with no problem. And so I was like, that cat will go across streets, and yeah, so um, that was my excitement, but I'm, I'm highly allergic to them, but I felt bad, so I brought the cat home anyway. <laughs> Such a whim. I, I turned my phone off, it is off, so I don't know why it ran. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Anyway, it rang even after you turned it off. Yeah, it's off, but it was, but it rang and it was my mom and I accidentally punched the answer thing. <laughs> so. Well, you know, moms have that kind of power. <laughs> yeah. well, at least I accidentally called my parents like at six in the morning yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oops. I like rang. I was like, no, no, hang up, hang up. And then like two seconds later, my mom calls back. and was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I hit the wrong button on the phone. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, uh, <laughs> go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. well, oh, hey, we had a great class on Sunday, by the way. Um, Nathan, did you get the email forward? I did those three YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was what we did in class, and oh. it was awesome. It was really wonderful. I really like that, how to listen to the voice, you know? I that thought was, that guy was really yeah. good. Yeah, Kelly, I was thinking I should forward it to you, but you can say that. Yeah, forward it. <coughs> I already know what it is, but yeah, I will. Cool. Note. So. Yeah, well, it ends up, I'm covering for Reverend Tony's Circle of Atonement class this week, and now we get to do the cameo on sex. So I was like, well, you guys got to look at last week. I get to look at sex this week. <laughs> I missed the whole thing the last couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, well. I tried to get, I tried Gavin. I was like, Tony, you have more experience than me with this. You should totally just wait until you get back. He was like, no, you're doing it. <laughs> you deal with it. <laughs> this last week, it kind of falls into that same thing, but came to my mind and said, the body is the bait. You know, and uh, 
Well, with a with a nursery rhyme uh, to it, so I think that's what it is. First of all, I think I'm a body, and I got value in this body. Then I'm looking out, and I'm doing the same everywhere else. It's just yeah. bait with a hook. You know? <laughs> so so annoying. Oh, well. Exactly. <laughs> so let's get started. Um, we're on page 357, Pocket Editions 382. Large print, I have no clue. It's the dream and reality, right? It's the dream and the reality. We read the intro, so it's chapter 18, but we're on section two. Substitution. Substitution as defense. Okay. <clears throat> Are you a large print today? Uh -huh. 464. Great, thank you. If you need, do you need the last two? Um, yeah. I mean, okay. if I don't have them, it's not a big deal. I'm just scribbling them in for reference. Okay. So me, Jack, Nathan, Susan, because we've got that down. Woohoo! <laughs> you who believe that God is fear made but one substitution. It has taken many forms because it was the substitution of illusion for truth, of fragmentation for wholeness. It has become so splintered and subdivided and divided again over and over that it is now almost impossible to perceive it once was one and still is what it was. That one air which brought truth to illusion, infinity to time, and life to death was all you ever made. Your whole world rests upon it. Everything you see reflects it and every special relationship which you have ever made is part of it. That's a really good paragraph to review mm -hmm. and because it, it's saying a whole lot there. Um, you have expressed surprise at hearing how very different is reality from what you see. You do not realize the magnitude of that one error. It was so vast and so completely incredible that from it, a world of total unreality had to emerge. What else could come of it? Its fragmented aspects are fearful enough as you begin to look at them, but nothing you have seen begins to show you the enormity of the original error, which seemed to cast you out of heaven with better knowledge into meaningless bits of disunited perceptions and to force you to further substitutions. That, that was the first projection of error outward. The world arose to hide it and became the screen on which it was projected and drawn between you and the truth. For truth extends inward, where the idea of loss is meaningless and only increase is conceivable. Do you really think it's strange that a world in which everything is backwards and upside down arose from this? It was inevitable. For truth brought to this could only remain within, within in quiet and take no part in all the mad projection by which this world was made. Call it not sin, but madness, for such it was, and so it still remains. Invest it not with guilt, for guilt implies it was accomplished in reality. And above all, be not afraid of it. When you seem to see some twisted form of the original era rise to frighten you, say only, God is not fear but love, and it will disappear. <clears throat> it will save you. It has not left you to go out into the mad world and so depart from you. 
Inward is sanity. Insanity is outside you. You but believe it is the other way. The truth is outside and guilt within. Your little senseless substitutions touched with insanity and swirling lightly off on a mad course like feathers dancing insanely in the wind have no substance. They fuse and merge and shift, separate in shifting and totally meaningless patterns which need not be judged at all. Their tiny differences in form are no real differences at all. None of them matters. That they have in common and nothing else. Yet, what else is necessary to make them all the same? Let them all go dancing in the wind. <coughs> Are you done? Thank you. Let them all go dancing in the wind, dipping and turning till they disappear from sight, far, far outside you, and turn you to the stately calm within, where in holiness still dwells the living God you never left, and who never left you. The Holy Spirit takes you gently by the hand and retraces with you your mad journey outside yourself, leading, leading you gently back to the truth and safety within. He brings all your insane projections and your wild substitutions which you have placed outside to the truth. Thus he reverses the course of insanity and restores you to reason. In your relationship, where he has taken charge of everything at your request, he has set the course inward to the truth you share. In the mad world outside you, nothing can be shared but only substituted. And sharing and substituting have nothing in common in reality. Within yourselves, you love each other with a perfect love. Here is holy ground in which no substitution can enter and where only the truth about each other can abide. <clears throat> Here you are joined in God as much together as you are with him. The original error has not entered here, nor ever will. Here is the radiant truth to which the Holy Spirit has committed your relationship. Let him bring it here where you would have it be. Give him but a little faith in each other to help him show you that no substitute you made, you made for heaven can keep you from it. <clears throat> in you there is no separation and no substitution can keep you from each other. Your reality was God's creation <clears throat> and has no substitute. You are so firmly joined in truth that only God is there, and he would never accept something else instead of you. He loves you both equally and as one. And as he loves you, so you are. You are not joined together in illusions, but in the thought, so holy and so perfect that illusions can remain to darken the holy, that illusions can re remain to darken the holy place in which you stand together. God is with you, my brothers. Let us join in him in peace and gratitude and accept his gift as our most holy and perfect reality, which we share in him. Heaven is restored to all the sonship through your relationship, for it lies in the sonship, whole and beautiful, in your love. Heaven has entered quietly, for all illusions have been gently brought unto the truth in you, 
love has upon you, blessing your relationship with truth. God and his whole creation have entered it together. How lovely and how holy is your relationship with the truth shining upon it. Heaven behold it and rejoices that you have let it come to you. God himself is glad that your relationship as is what's created. The universe within you stands with you together. And heaven looks with love on what is joined in it along with its creator. <coughs> Whom God has called should hear no substitutes. Their call is but an echo of the original air which shattered heaven. And what became of peace in those who heard? Return with me to heaven, walking together out of this world and through another to the loveliness and joy the other holds within it. Would you still further weaken and break apart what is already broken and hopeless? Is it here that you would look for happiness? Or would you not prefer to heal what has been broken? and join in making whole what has been ravaged by separation disease. You've been called together to the most holy function that this world contains. It is the only one which has no limits and reaches out to every broken fragment of the sonship with healing and uniting comfort. This is offered you in your holy relationship. Accept it here and you will give as you have accepted. The peace of God is given you with the glowing purpose in which you join. <clears throat> the holy light that brought you together must extend as you accepted it. Interesting. I like the, uh, I like the idea of the, of the substitution. That, that really kind of, <clears throat> that kind of, I guess, focused things a lot better for me mm. um, because I, I wasn't thinking of, you know, fear as uh, it said back there when we first started, said, you, you who believe that God is fear made but one substitution. And it is, it, <clears throat> it has taken many forms fear of God has taken many forms and was the substitution of illusion for truth. Hmm. Which I thought was interesting because I, I didn't think about breaking fear up. I, I was thinking separation. You know, just this, the thought of separation. But what would it, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you see it differently, but it, it's like there was a, actually a fear in there that kind of caused the thought of separation. I, I kind of look at substitution and separation as the same thing. I think separation is a part of, of the, the fear. The, if I'm reading that correctly, huh? I don't know if anybody else sees it that way or not. But. That, are you saying that <laughs> yeah. there's a... Hmm. You, are you saying that you're seeing substitution, seeing fear being the substitution for God, and you're not sure about that? Well, that I, I, I think what he's saying is it was substitution of illusion for truth. Uh, that illusion being that 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 
fragmentation of fear because it talks about fragmentation here and and it's, it's saying that we took that that momentary moment of fear and then we started fragmenting it right okay and separation was just a part of that fragmentation in that paragraph six uh, it says that that was the first projection of era out yeah. okay so we're, we're, we're back to uh, projection and perception and, and that's the projection was the separation. You know, I, I, I think you, it was substitute. It was projection. And then further on it says for truth extends inward. Okay. So, and it's always backwards. So we projected outward a world that is not one and that's separated mm-hmm. and substituted for the oneness of our home, of who we are. So it's always looking inward. But this projection and perception, you know, that's the basic building block here. It's not cause and effect, I think. And except that this cause and effect here, projection and perception, projection is the cause. It's coming from my mind, right? And I'm perceiving it out there on out there, you know, which is the world of form. And it's a wrong perception. It's a wrong, mm, I'm perceiving poorly out. If I go in to that same cause and effect, I can, can use my mind to project. I can use, I don't know, maybe I'm getting confused on it, but the cause and effect and perception and pr- projection and perception seem to be related, you know, in heaven, cause and effect are one. They're instantaneous. Here, there's a gap. And when I'm going outward, it's a gap. I project something out on the screen, and then then I see it. If I extend, I, I don't know. I, I think there's something in there, though, that uh, could be simplified. Um, I was reading this morning from that message of A Course in Miracles mm-hmm. about this. And to me, it helps simplify it. I don't know if you guys know. Nathan, you have the book. Did you get it? Do you have it, Jack? I don't. Can you see that? Yeah. I don't don't have it. Jack, Nathan, you mentioned this one, didn't you? Yeah, I think one of the guys mentioned it. Yeah, but that's not the book I got. That's a really big one. What I got seemed like uh, pretty small. It's a translation of the text in plain language. Yeah, but that, uh, and it's some woman, right, that wrote it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's not at all what I got. It was a small book, really. Okay. I actually got it on Kindle. But, okay, well, then you can't read it. <laughs> I have to give it. A nice explanation. <laughs> That was the one you were talking about. I'm so excited. I guess I don't. Okay. What's it say? Did it it clarify that substitution or projection or? Well, I think it says what you said, but in simpler terms. What both of you said in simpler terms. Well, what does it say in there that you read that caught your attention this morning? Just everything about it. Like I read this first section on substitution as a defense, and then I read this, read it in here, 
and they just write the entire thing out in easier language to understand for me. Yeah, I, I mean, when I read this, I, I, I'd, uh, I didn't really think about, I guess I was kind of separating out fear, but I didn't look at it as kind of fear being the, the source of, of, of all this, this separation and this substitution. Okay. But here it, it says that you believe that God is fear. Mm -hmm. um, and, and made but one substitution, and that substitution was was the substituting your fear, and then you took that that fear for God. You took that fear, and you started when we started breaking it up into right. fragments, and, and it, we started making all kinds of things out of it. And, and like I say, I, I'm thinking. At least I'm thinking that separation, the idea of separation, was part of this fear. Because, uh, I mean, it would, uh, if, if, if I were really in tune with my connection with God, I'd be scared as hell to be separated from God. The way I, I know God now, or the way I perceive God to be now, uh, it, it's, it's scary to think about that. So, to me, separation is, is kind of another form of fear. And I, I guess that's why fear is so so often emphasized a lot, but we don't look at it. I never looked at it from the standpoint of of fragmenting it, like it says it's doing here, and then it just it just gets crazy. Exactly. I, and here it says you have tried to make only one substitution for love. You've tried to substitute fear for God, and then it goes on and talks about all that fragmentation and how bizarre. Oh, okay, in that book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. It says the magnitude of that one error is so vast and incredible that a world of total unreality had to emerge from it. Its fragmented aspects are frightening enough to you as you begin to look at them, but nothing you see in them begins to show you the enormity of your original error. It, it seems to have cast you out of heaven, to have shattered your mind into meaningly bits of disunited perceptions and to have forced you to make more substitutions. It, to me, that... Sounds like what you were saying. Well, it's exactly what it was saying here in paragraph five. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But you say that book, that book, yeah, which nothing okay. I believe you had mentioned before, uh, is just putting it in words that are, are seemingly better to understand for some folks. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's the same one. It's Elizabeth Cronkite. I just. Oh. Okay. I think that's on, I think that's, 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 that's name Sam right? As the book. And there's no author. There's no author? Did this book just show up on your doorstep one day? What? Did this book just show up on your doorstep one day? I don't know. I've had it for a long time. <laughs> I'll put it away now. <laughs> Moving on. I got carried away with it and didn't realize I was reading right out of the course. Yeah. No worries. Plagiarized. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? It's just rewording the course a little bit differently? You know, that's the first time I, I haven't read the whole book, but okay. I didn't realize that some of it was copied straight out of it. So most of it seems just 
more simple language to me. Anyway, okay. Well, the basis of the dream, and we're on Nathan. Okay. <clears throat> Does not a world that seems quite real arise in dreams? Yet think what this world is. It is clearly not the world you saw before you slept. Rather, it is a distortion of the world planned solely around what you would have preferred. Here, you are free to make over whatever seemed to attack you and change it into a tribute to your ego, which was outraged by the attack. This would not be your wish unless you saw yourself as one with the ego, which always looks upon itself and therefore on you as under attack and highly vulnerable to it. Dreams are chaotic because they are governed by your conflicting wishes and therefore they have no concern with what is true. They are the best example you could have of how perception can be utilized to substitute illusions for truth. You do not take them seriously on awaking because the fact that reality is so outrageously violated and then becomes apparent. Yet they are a way of looking at the world and changing it to suit the ego better. They provide striking examples both of the ego's inability to tolerate reality and your willingness to change reality on its behalf. Good stuff. You do not find the differences between what you see in sleep and on awakening disturbing. <laughs> you recognize that what you see on waking is blotted out in dreams. But on awakening, you do not expect it to be gone. In dreams, you arrange everything. People become what you would have them to be and what they do you order. No limit on substitution is laid upon you. For a time, it seems as if the world were given you to make it what you will. You do not realize that you are attacking it, trying to triumph over it and making it serve you. Dreams are perceptual temper tantrums in which you literally scream, I want it thus. And thus it seems to be. And yet the dream cannot escape its origin. Anger and fear pervade it. And in an instant, the illusion of satisfaction is invaded by the illusion of terror. For the dream of your ability to control, to control Control reality by substituting a world which you prefer is terrifying. <clears throat> Your attempts to blot out reality are very fearful, fearful. But this you are not willing to accept. And so you substitute the fantasy that reality, that reality is fearful, not what you would do to it. And thus is guilt made real. Dreams show you that you have the power to make a world as you would have it be. And that because you want it, you see it. And while you see it, you do not doubt that it is real. Yet here's a world clearly within your mind that seems to be outside. You do not respond to it as though you made it, nor do you realize that the emotions which the dream produces must come from you. It is the figures in the dream and what they do that seem to make the dream. You do not realize that you're making them act out for you. For if you did, the guilt would not be theirs and the illusion of satisfaction would be gone. In dreams, these features are not obscure. 
you seem to awaken and the dream is gone. Yet what you fail to recognize is that what caused the dream has not gone with it. Your wish to make another world that is not real remains with you. And what you seem to wake to is but another form of the same world you see in dreams. All your time is spent in dreaming. Your sleeping and your waking dreams have different forms, and that is all. Their content is the same. They are your protest against reality and your fixed and insane idea that you can change it. In your waking dreams, the special relationship has a place. It is the means by which you try to make your sleeping dreams come true. From this, you do not awaken. The special relationship is your determination to keep your hold on unreality and to prevent yourself from waking. And while you see more value in sleeping than in waking, you will not let go of it. The Holy Spirit, ever practical in his wisdom, accepts your dreams and uses them as means for waking. You would have used them to remain asleep. We once said that the first change before dreams disappear is that your dreams of fear are changed to happy dreams. That is what the Holy Spirit does in your special relationship. He does not destroy it nor snatch it away from you. But he does use it differently as a help to make his purpose real to you. Your special relationship will remain not as a source of pain and guilt, but as a source of joy and freedom. It will not be for you alone. Therein lay its misery. As its unholiness kept is a thing apart, its holiness will become an offering to everyone. Your special relationship will be a means of undoing guilt and everyone blessed through your holy relationship. It will be a happy dream and one which you will share with all who come within your sight. Through it, the blessing which the Holy Spirit has laid upon it will be extended. Think not that he has forgotten anyone in the purpose he has given you. And think not that he has forgotten you to whom he gave the gift. He uses everyone who calls on him as means for the salvation of everyone. And he will waken everyone through you who offered your relationship to him. If you but recognized his gratitude, or mine through his, for we are joined as in one purpose, being of one mind with him. Let not the dream take hold to close your eyes. It is, it, it is not strange that dreams can make a world that is unreal. The wish to make it is incredible. Your relationship has become one in which the wish has been removed because its purpose has been changed from one of dreams to one of truth. You are not sure of this because you think it may be this that is the dream. You are so used to choosing between dreams, you do not see that you have made at last the choice between the truth and all illusions. (laughs) Yet heaven is sure. This is no dream. It's coming means that you have chosen truth and it has come because you have been willing to let your special relationship meet its conditions. In your relationship, the Holy Spirit has gently laid the real world. 
the world of happy dreams from which awakening is so easy and so natural. For as you're sleeping and your waking dreams represent the same wishes in your mind, so do the real world and the truth of heaven join in the will of God. The dream of waking is easily transferred to its reality. For this dream comes from your will joined with the will of God. And this and what this will would have accomplished has never not been done. It just seems like we got to withdraw this value that we've invested in this form world that we're seeing on the screen out in front of us because we've given it all the value it has. This dream, whether it's nighttime dream or daytime dream, and we're, we seem, at least I, seem, uh, what seems like the, jun the juncture where I am now is removing, withdrawing the value that I've placed in this world starting with the body and then extending from there. Because otherwise, I'm going to want to keep seeing, you know, some value out here that, that the world is really has something to give me when it's obvious any, it's only inside. It can never be outside. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it's just hard. Hard as hell. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's just, and uh, but it's it's starting to break. The ice for me, it ain't great. It's just a few days ago, it's just starting to break. Like, wow, I'm finally seeing it, you know. And it's like a release and a freedom, uh, almost like I've been in chains. And uh, yeah, <laughs> good, Nathan. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Uh, I hope it, it just gets bigger. Uh, yeah. You know, the more the more I read in the course, and the more I read things like this, like the dream in the awaking world, um, the more I read it and begin to understand it more, uh, the more I get comfortable with it, the more I realize. And, 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 and I guess to some degree, the more peaceful I become with it. Um, because there's so much of it this is like a court. This is like becoming a psychologist or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like you begin to understand things that you didn't think you'd ever understand that you needed somebody else to explain it to you, mm -hmm. you know, and we do, we need the Holy Spirit to do it, <laughs> but, but we, we struggle and, and try so hard and depend upon each other and we're all lost to some degree in, in it all. And, and yet we turn to each other and in desperation many times uh, to to understand and to to seek out things that we're we're, we're lost in our minds with, um, and and that's that's great. That's what we're that's what we do. <laughs> so we we're we're here to help each other and to help us awake each other awaken, and and so the sharing part of it is is vitally important. Yeah. And, and what spirit is, what Jesus tried to do was try, Jesus tried to, to help everybody understand that if, if they would turn to the Holy Spirit, that's why he said he had to leave, you know, and let the comforter come because people were looking at him, you know, as their, as their comforter. And he was, he was a person that 
was awakening himself. And spirit was already, you know, spirit already knew. And he, Jesus wanted everybody to turn to spirit to, to gain understanding and to, to seek the truth. And um, it, that was something that we to this day resist. You know, all these things about uh, dreams and fantasy, they're interchangeable, you know, and I've realized how much time I've, energy I've invested in just fantasy world, you know, and it's the same as dreams, you know, trying to make it real, make something real in this outside world that's going to give me something. And uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a, a no-win situation. <laughs> Exhausting attempt. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, like it's, it's in every cell memory, you know, it's hard to get it out and get it. Well, we, we have so many distractions, you know, there, there are so many distractions. I guess one of the things that's been on my mind lately is, is I, as I look at the world and I look at everybody and endeavoring and, and pushing and, and striving to accomplish and be something in this world. And all we're doing is promoting, all we're doing is really just promoting this world, you know, in, in that strange way. But, but when we awaken, I mean, this world disappears. So what does that tell you? Well, we're so caught up in this world and it, it's so difficult to pull away from it and, and, and not be part of it because we've got these ideas of, well, I've got to accomplish this or a, you know, what have I done in my life? And <laughs> things like this. And they're distractions. Mm -hmm. They really are distractions. And those distractions, Jack, are all in the head. Yes. You know, that's where the thoughts, you know, the monkey mind is. And uh, like Susan was saying, that one had to listen to the voice, that video I just watched. That helped me a lot, man, because it, you know, I, I finally I think I'm centered into where I can hear the voice or where I can feel the truth. You know, and, and and it's certainly not my head, you know, so it's like a like a guiding light, you know. Find it in, in yourself where it is, and that helped me. Next section. <laughs> <Who's that? laughs> Who's, who's up next? Um, I think I am. Yeah. You who spent your lives in bringing truth to illusion, reality to fantasy, walked the way of dreams. For you have gone from walking to sleeping and on and on to a yet deeper sleep. Each dream has led to other dreams. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And every fantasy which seemed to bring a light into the darkness, but made the darkness deeper. Your goal was darkness in which no ray of light could enter. And you sought a blackness so complete that you could hide from truth forever in complete insanity. What you forgot was simply that God cannot destroy himself. The light is in you. Darkness can cover it, but, not, can, but cannot put it out. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> As the light comes nearer, you will rush to darkness, shrinking from the truth, sometimes retreating to the lesser forms of fear and sometimes to stark terror. But you will advance 
because your goal is the advance from fear to truth. You know this. The goal which you accepted is the goal of knowledge for which you signified your willingness. Fear seems to live in darkness, and when you are afraid, you have stepped back. Let us then join quickly in an instant of light, and it will be enough to remind you that your goal is light. Truth has rushed to meet you since you called upon it. If you knew who walks beside you on this way which you have chosen, fear would be impossible. You do not know because the journey into darkness has been long and cruel and you have gone deep into it. A little flicker of your eyelids, closed so long, has not yet been sufficient to give you confidence in yourselves so long despised. You go toward love, still hating it and terribly afraid of its judgment upon you. And you do not realize that you are not afraid of love, but only of what you have made of it. You are advancing to love's meaning and away from all illusions in which you have surrounded it. When you retreat to the illusion, your fear increases, for there is little doubt that what you think it means is fearful. Yet what is that to us who travel surely and very swiftly away from fear? You hold each other's hand, also hold mine. For when you joined each other, you were not alone. Do you believe that I would leave you in the darkness you agreed to leave with me? In your relationship is this world's light, and fear must disappear before you now. Be tempted not to snatch away the gift of faith you offer to each other. You will succeed only in frightening yourselves. The gift is given forever, for God himself received it. You cannot take it back. You have accepted God. The of your relationship is established in heaven. Remember that your understanding is not necessary. All necessary was was the desire to be holy. The will of God is granted you. For you desire the only thing you ever had or ever were. Each instant that we spend together will teach you that this goal is possible and will strengthen your desire to reach it. And in your desire lies its accomplishment. Your desire is now in complete accord with all the power of the Holy Spirit's will. No little faltering steps that you may take can separate your desire from his will and from his strength. I hold your hand as surely as you agreed to take each other's. You will not separate, for I stand with you and walk with you in your advance to truth. And where we go, we carry God with us. In your relationship, you have joined with me in bringing heaven to the Son of God who who hid in darkness. You have been willing to bring the darkness to light, and this willingness has given strength to everyone who would remain in darkness. Those who would see will see, and they will join with me in carrying their light into the darkness when the darkness in them is offered to the light and is removed forever. My need for you joined with me in the holy light of your relationship is your need for salvation. Would I get, would I not give you what you gave to me? For when you joined each other, you answered me. 
you who, you who are now the bringers of salvation have the function of bringing light to darkness. The darkness in you has been brought to light. Carry it back to darkness from the holy instant to which you brought it. You are made whole in our desire to make whole. Let not time worry you, for all the fear that you experience is really past. Time has been readjusted to help us do together what your separate parts would hinder. You have gone past fear, for no two minds can join in the desire for love without love's joining them. Not one light in heaven but goes with you. Not one ray that shines forever in the mind of God but shines on you. Heaven is joined with you in your advance to heaven. When such great light has joined with you to give the little spark of your desire, right? when such great light has joined with you to give the little spark of your desire, the power of God himself, can you remain in darkness? You are coming home together after a long and meaningless journey, which you undertook apart and which led nowhere. You have found each other in the light of the way. This light will be the great rays ex extend will the great rays extend back into darkness, shine away the past, and so make room for His eternal presence. Everything is radiant in the light. Yeah, it's interesting. At 26, just kind of paraphrasing it, so that part says, if you knew who walks beside you, fear would be impossible. Yeah. And it's just interesting. It's like, there's several several quotes in the course. It's like, if you knew, you know, da 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 And um, it just strikes me, because it's like, it's so obvious, that it's like, we don't know. We, you know, like, people say, oh, I know God, I'm, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, as soon as you've got fear, no, you don't. <laughs> And so it's, um, yeah, it's interesting because my whole life has been focused on some sort of spiritual study. And it's like, <laughs> after how many years, it's like, I know I still don't get it because I'm like, how often am I? It, it happens all the time with stupid stuff. I'll be like, you know, worried about the cat, you know, that was on the side of the street. I think, I think that, you know, who walks with you is like a metaphor. It's like light also, because we don't walk anyway. You know, it's just if, if you, if you knew who you, who you were, if you know who, who I know who I am, then there, of course, there is no fear. I knew clearly right. same as light. I think it's makes it a lot about light, but it's not the light that, you know, we're seeing here from the sun is my understanding of it. The light is not at all to do with that. Right. You're looking very studious. Do you have any thoughts? Me? Yeah. You would be Susan, yes. <laughs> I'm just looking through. Okay. I mean, I'm just soaking it all in. Okay. Well, why don't I say we seem to be quite kind of quiet on this section. Why don't we go ahead and do our 10-minute break, and then we've got um, three sections coming back. So I'll just come back right on the hour. Okay.
Okay. All right. Ciao. How's life out there? Just fine. How's it up there? It's hot. Yeah. If, if there was a hell, it would be here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, even some things never change in this dream illusion world. You know, in Texas in the summer, I don't think it's ever. I think it's always been there. It seems part of the dream fabric. You know. I like your your new uh, your new picture on a Facebook thing. I have a Facebook page. Well, evidently you do. Facebook, or maybe it's maybe it's just your uh, you you sent. I guess you posted a new picture for your. No, I haven't. I haven't been on Facebook in years. Well, something's on there with your picture with the cowboy hat. Really. Yeah, and I guess leaning back against something and just contemplating the day. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Well, I haven't been on it in years. Uh, you know, I, I think I might have had one with a hat, you know, maybe about five years ago. Uh, and I was probably laying down, yeah, in the, in the weeds. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't anything new. That's back five years or so ago it, it, it came through on my phone I guess oh. yes, or, or when I when I looked at it, it came through as you posted a new picture for yourself you know okay that's different oh Facebook's lying even now how about that <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand Facebook anyway I suspect that if you if you get it if you just do something in there fidgeting around like I can fidget around in Facebook and all of a sudden something's changed. And I don't know why. <laughs> I've got a clue. That's why I, why I don't go there. I don't know what, what I'm doing. So yeah, I just, I don't it's crazy. Well, yeah. what's been, what news been happening this week out there? Well, uh, that's been the new this week is the, that uh, summary, the body is the bait. You know, and I realized I put value, first of all, I had to start with my own body. And then I looked out there looking for other bodies that, and particularly special parts, you know, something <laughs> I would talk about the fantasy. So the past two weeks, Jack's been really interesting. Really? Seeing fantasy come up and the value I've placed in, in trying to make those illusions real. It's been a... Uh, Basically, taking withdrawing the value I placed in the world, and that's a that's that's a real kind of wake up call for me. Yeah, well, it is for a lot of us. That's for sure. Because I know that that body thing is just it's a it's a hard one to get over because you you don't realize how much thought you put into creating it to something that you desire or something. Yeah, you and then yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's fantasy, what it is, but but the letting go of that, you know, in in keeping it into some form of perspective while you're managing that extraction <laughs> is is oh, it's it's very you know <laughs> it messes with your mind. <laughs> it's almost like like pulling an imaginary tooth or something. Isn't it? <laughs> hey, it, it really here. 
but you know, I guess now for at least a few years, I've been working on uh, uh, understanding that a little better, and and I'm finding that yes, I am the I am the maker of that. I am the maker of these bodies. I am the maker. I'm making them what I want them to be, mm-hmm. and and I have to change my mind if I want to see truth. Mm-hmm. And and because my desire to see truth has been a lot stronger, I'm I'm able to see more clearly what I've done and what I've been doing, mm-hmm. and to not continue to propagate the <laughs> not to propagate it, but. Uh, not as much, <laughs> you know, to keep it under control and, and, and get in perspective uh, because I really, I really do want to understand what it means to awaken. Yeah. But to do that, I need to, I need to focus on, on what it's telling me and what I'm creating and what I'm doing and what I'm making and in this illusion that, and how much I continue to, you know, make it real. Uh, I need to understand that and, and begin to get that perspective. And the more I do that, the easier it becomes. But it's been a challenge. It has been a challenge. I was reading somewhere this week, too, said that the world you see is, is but a reflection of what's inside. And what that made sense to me is, you know, we just see a, a, it's almost like what's inside, inside us is everything. What though I can only see out here with my eyes, only a, like a facet of reflected what, what's inside me. Uh, I'm still working on that, but it's a, it's like whatever you see outside is a reflection of inside. I know. But it's like sometimes I didn't want to take ownership of some of the stuff, but, but it's so deep that, yeah, it's really, that's, I'm a reflection of everything. What I see is a reflection of everything that I believe this world is. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like coming to a realization that everything you're seeing is, is the way you're perceiving it. Everything is me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. it's, it's a responsibility then, you know, uh, that's what we're, I think we're going to get to the happy dream here someday, you know, in this chapter, maybe. But, uh, uh, we're getting there every time, every time we're seeking the course, you know, we're, we're getting closer to a happy dream because the happy dream is, is actually awakening to understanding. So, I think the happy thing must be just withdrawing all investment, all value I've placed out here, and then just letting it be what it is, having the moment just happen. And, and, I couldn't agree more. Uh, but that head business, man, that, uh, it's pretty obvious to me, <clears throat> the head, my head, hijacks, you know, the moment, you know, and it runs, does it spin on it? Actually, uh, this David Hawkins, you know, he did the course, he wrote some books. He said the ego hijacks reality in one ten thousandth of a second. So it's like what we're seeing here has been filtered so rapidly we don't know that it's being filtered, but that's how fast that. And that would probably make sense because something like that is, is happening. I'm, I'm not seeing... Uh, 
absolutely. Yeah, and you be, you become aware of that, yeah. regardless of you know what kind of you know what kind of time you put on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just time is the. Become aware of it. Uh, yeah. and that becoming aware of it is what helps you to to start moving towards getting it in perspective uh, and, and seeing it for what it is. And you know that that value that we've uh, that concept of time is probably the the underlying foundation of this whole dream that we've created, and uh, and it's almost like a house of cards by taking the concept you know out from under it you know uh, then the whole thing can starts to fall away, mm-hmm. and um, and we did read about that back in sixteen or seventeen. It did talk about time and what it what it does, uh, and it it really is it's, it's disturbing. The more you think about time and how we apply it, and how we use it, and how we make it a factor in so many things, uh, it, it's it's just sometimes it's sometimes frightening to to, to uh, actually realize what we do with it. It it's so embedded in everything that you know that um and to think that it's to realize that it's only a a belief that we've accepted as and so we're making it real for us and that again is the power of our belief we're making belief we're making time real because of the power of our belief nothing else and and as a result we got to keep reinforcing it every day you know just uh keep believing in it yeah yeah, and, and you're right about that because it did say, it did say something about how time is 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 a big factor. Gosh, I wish I could remember where I read that. I don't know if it's in the Circle of Atonement or in this book here. I don't remember, um, but it, it did it did talk about how we take time and and just make it a we integrate it with so much. You know, we and, and it has to be. It's the foundation. Because time, then you have a belief in beginnings and endings, i.e. birth and death. Yes. You know? And that's that's like the basket that's holding this whole thing dream up. I was born and I'm going to die. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Because uh, I think that's what it alluded to. Yeah, it, it, it's, the, it's the first step in duality the belief in duality because you got a beginning and you got an end you know yeah and uh where are we in that shuffle you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> coming up on the deadline <laughs> or the lifeline yeah man this book's kind of like a lifeline i guess you know it's it, it yeah. the deadline yeah and i know that i know they say that the courses, the course in miracles is not necessary because we're all going to get there anyway. But it is, like you said, to me, it has become somewhat of a lifeline. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's primarily because I just, I, I just could not find any place else to, to find any stability on, because there was so much, uh, so much delusionment and. So much distraction and and so many deceptions going on that uh, I couldn't make heads or tails out of any of them, and I needed something to give me a, a really strong base. And I think that's probably why 
Jesus uh, chose to get this course developed it's because there were so many people like me out there that just couldn't get their hooks into anything to stabilize. <laughs> you know? It's all you, Jack. <laughs> My shoulders are feeling burdened, more and more burdened every month. Because it's all, it's all you. It's all me. Yeah. It's yeah. all me. <laughs> it's all. Well, I just want you. To, I just want to mention though that you know that if it's all me and we're all one, then it's all of us, brother. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go to go and make it make the spreading the non-existent guilt here around. <laughs> At least we're learning how to have fun with it. <laughs> uh. oh, okay. Little willingness. Who read last? I have no clue who read last. I, think I did. I think. Okay, that would be me then. Willingness. A holy instant is the result of your determination to be holy. It is the answer. The desire and the willingness to let it come precedes its coming. You prepare your minds for it only to the extent of recognizing that what you want. Let me start that over. You prepare your minds for it only to the extent of recognizing that you want it above all else. It is not necessary that you do more. Indeed, it is necessary that you realize that you cannot do more. Do not attempt to give the Holy Spirit what he does not ask, or you will add the ego unto him and confuse the two. He asks but little. It is he who adds the greatness and the might. He joins with you to make the holy instant far greater than you can understand. It is your realization that you need do so little that enables him to give so much. Trust not your good intentions. They are not enough, but trust implicitly your willingness, whatever else may enter. Concentrate only on this and be not disturbed that shadows surround it. That is why you come. That's why you came. If you could come without them, you would not need the holy instant. Come to it not in arrogance, assuming that you must achieve the state its coming brings with it. The miracle of the holy instant lies in your willingness to let it be what it is. And in this will in your willingness. For this lies also your acceptance of yourself as you were meant to be. Humility will never ask that you remain content with littleness, but it does require that you be not content with less than greatness, which comes not of you. Your difficulty with the holy instant arises from your fixed conviction that you are not worthy of it. And what is this but the determination to be as you would make yourself? God did not create his dwelling place unworthy of him. And if you believe he cannot enter where he wills to be, you must be interfering with his will. You do not need the strength of willingness to come from you, but only from his will. Holiness does not come from your little willingness alone. 
It is always the result of your small willingness combined with the unlimited power of God's will. You have been wrong in thinking that it is needful to prepare yourself for him. It is impossible to make arrogant preparations for holiness and not believe that it is up to you to establish the conditions with him. God has established them. They do not wait upon your willingness for what they are. Your willingness is needed only to make it possible to teach you what they are. If you maintain you are unworthy of learning this, you are interfering with the lesson by, leave, by believing that you make the learner different. You do not make the learner, nor can you make him different. Would you first make a miracle yourself and then expect one to be made for you? You merely ask the question. The answer is given. Seek not to answer it, but merely receive the answer as it is given. When preparing for the holy instant, do not attempt to make yourself holy to be ready to receive it. That is but to confuse your role with God's. Atonement come to those who think that they must first atone, but only to those who offer it nothing more than simple willingness to make way for it. Purification is of God alone and therefore for you. Rather than seek to prepare yourself for him, try to think thus. I who am host to God am worthy of him. He who established his dwelling place in me created it as he would have it be. It is not needful that I make it ready for him, but only that I do not interfere with his plan to restore me my own awareness of my readiness, which is eternal. I need add nothing to his plan, but to receive it, I must be willing not to substitute my own in place of it. <clears throat> and that is all. Add more, and you will merely take away the little that is asked. Remember you made guilt, and that your plan for the escape from guilt has been to bring atonement to it and make salvation fearful. And it is only fear that you will add if you prepare yourself for love. The preparation for the holy instant belongs to him. Release yourself to him whose function is release. Do not assume his function for him. Give him but what he asks. <clears throat> that you may learn how little is your part and how great is his. It is this that makes the holy instant so easy and so natural. You make it difficult because you insist there must be more that you need do. You find it difficult to accept the idea that you need give so little to receive so much. And it is very hard for you to realize that it is not personally that it is not personally insulting that your contribution and the Holy Spirit's are so extremely disproportionate. You're still convinced your understanding is a powerful contribution to the truth and makes it what it is. Yet we have emphasized emphasized that you need understand nothing. Salvation is easy just because it asks nothing that you cannot give right now. Forget not that it has been your decision to make everything that is natural and easy for you impossible. What you believe to be impossible will be if God wills it, but you will remain quiet, quite unaware of it. 
If you believe the holy instant is difficult for you, it is because you have become the arbitrator of what is possible and being unwilling to give place to one who knows. The whole belief in orders of difficulty and miracles is centered on this. Everything God wills is not only possible, but has already happened. And that is why the past is gone and never happened in reality, only in your minds. Thought it did, which is undoing needful. So simple, so hard. Yeah. I often wonder what it, what it's like, and I and I, I try and practice this at times. Uh, to just just say everything in the past, everything everybody's done, or said, or whatever that that I took offense to or judged in any way, uh, that I just drop it and let it go and forget that it even happened and and just be in the moment you know be just at peace and and i and i'll do that at times and then i'll practice to see how long i can maintain that <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and because and, and the way the way i do it is i is every time i hear my thoughts getting on back on my old track again i just try and reshift it over and before I know it I'm back old, back on the old tracks again but you know it, it's just the exercise of doing uh, that has made me more and more aware of how much I do it and it's also helped me to become aware of, of how I do it and why I do it and that gives me the opportunity to change my mind if that makes any sense yeah but it sure isn't fun. Sometimes it is. But fun when you practice and it works. <laughs> but it's not fun when you try and you can't get there. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, man. And I don't understand this part about... But it's the exercise. It, it's yeah. the exercise that... Where it says, in preparing for the holy instant, do not attempt to make yourself holy to, to be ready to receive it. Um, I'm a little confused about right. that because... I'm pissed off at Bill right now, you know, as I discussed with Jack yesterday, and I'm, I want that holy instant, but I'm, I have to do some work to get there. You don't have to do anything. I'm hearing I don't have to do anything. That's not so. What was that first part you, you said you were concerned about? Well, I was saying that I'm I'm having trouble accepting the fact that I don't have to do something in order to receive the holy instant. I have to change my thoughts. And so what does it mean in preparing for the holy instant, do not attempt to make yourself holy to be ready to receive it? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> To me, okay, it's about what we've been reading about. I've got to give up everything up here and be willing to let go of everything, not see a thing. You know? That's the key word, let go, isn't it? For me, it's let go, and that's just got to be the mantra for me. It is for me. Every time I'm screwed up, I go back to 
remember plan A. Yeah. Well, I kept thinking I was, you know, I, it was easy to do, and I got, you know, got hit with a couple of doozies over the weekend, and I'm yeah. having trouble again. You know, I just get so damn stuck, but I don't know why this is different than the small th smaller things that were easier for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I do prioritize how big a situation is, mm. how bad it looks, mm. how bad it feels, or how it affects me. I, and like I, it says, there, there's no degrees, uh, but yeah. we, we, we give them all the, right. we give them all the meaning they have, we give them all the importance and all the degrees that they have. We yeah. give them all these things. So I lost all my peace because I did that. And I'm really struggling with that. And I know it's my ego and I'm just, well. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what I get. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like, when when that happens to me, uh, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, but uh, I really have to just decide that I want to be at peace. I would rather have peace than this, <laughs> and 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 that's as that's as simple as it gets. And I I realized that I just had to keep it simple. And I just had to go there. I just had to go. I want peace. So I don't care what happens. I don't know what anybody think. I don't care what anybody thinks. What whatever's floating around out there. I don't want any of it. I just want peace. And by doing that, again, you open yourself up and allow spirit the opportunity to communicate with you. And it's only then that you can actually begin to receive understanding and you just have to practice it. yeah jesus I, said test the spirit and yeah. that's what he meant um i've been playing that back in my head over and over <laughs> since i talked to you yesterday jack and it is it i mean it's so it's what i want so badly and i had it so i just it's Damn it, it's hard. You lose it. <laughs> yeah. so, but I'm, I'm getting there. It's better. Yeah, just keep practicing it. Yeah, I will. It, it was it was not easy for me, and at times it's still not. Uh, it just depends on, you know, what memories come up from my past and, and, and how much emphasis and how much uh, I gave to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Boy, all the oomph we gave to everything of the past. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I was saying, I think that makes us really invested in it then, because it's like if we give it up, it's like, dang it, well, why did I put all that energy into that? Now I'm giving it up? Well, heck, I ain't going to give it up. I I worked hard to be angry. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a good I'm point. Hold on to it. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how often it's, it's, you know, Couple of us were talking about these, or it's just one person that we know, and they're always like, "Gosh darn it, you need to be peaceful. We're we're supposed to be peaceful," and you're like, <laughs> "Well, could someone? Oh, don't we all do it? You know? Can anyone explain that one sentence, like in thirty six, in preparing for the holy instant, do not attempt to make yourself holy to be ready to receive it? What does that mean?" Don't take it on yourself. Meaning if you're trying to make yourself holy, 
you're like suddenly like, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm so powerful. I'm a, you know, it's almost like an egoic thing versus okay. you saying, I want to be holy, recognize you already are holy and allow Holy Spirit to give you that experience. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah. It's kind of like believing you have the ability to, to solve this or you have the ability to really understand this and you, you just set yourself up for failure. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, it's kind of like, no, let the Holy Spirit do it. <laughs> That's what his job is. <laughs> that makes sense. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, Are we ready? Or, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just that this, this week, it was so funny uh, already this week, uh, how, how the emphasis has is, is come in mind about exactly what you were saying, Gilly, uh, about we've invested so much. And things and and it's it's like I hear people talking at times and say, "Well, I've already got this much invested into it, that much, this I I put so much effort into helping this person or helping that person or or, or giving this money or that money or whatever." And and, it, and it's it's like, okay, one day it'll all be gone, mm -hmm. and what difference did it make? You know, you're only putting emphasis into it because. That's what you want to do at the moment. And you're putting all the value into it that you want. Yeah, Nathan, you got something to say about that. Well, yeah, and because you invested in that timeline, you know, if you invest, you know, you you got to subscribe to time, you know. It's a, you know, yeah. it'll pay off in the future or something, you know. Yeah. Ready? Who's up? I, me. Yeah. Okay. A happy dream. Oh, that, that's what I like. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm like, yay. yay happy reception. <laughs> prepare, <coughs> prepare you now for the undoing of what never was. If you already understood the difference between truth and illusion, the atonement would have no meaning. The yeah. holy instant, your holy relationship, the Holy Spirit's teaching, and all the means by which salvation is accomplished would have no purpose. They are all but aspects of the plan to change your dreams of here to happy dreams from which you can awaken easily to knowledge. Put yourself not in charge of this, for you cannot distinguish between advance and retreat. Some of your greatest advances you have judged as failures, and some of your deepest retreats you have evaluated as success. Never approach the holy instant after you have tried to remove all fear and hatred from your mind. This is its function. Never attempt to overlook your guilt before you ask the Holy Spirit's help. That is his function. Your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and to be forgiven. On your, on your little faith, joined with his understanding, he will build your part in the atonement and make sure that you fulfill it easily. And with him, you will build a ladder planted in the solid rock of faith and rising even to heaven. Nor will you use it to ascend to heaven alone. 
through your holy relationship, reborn and blessed in every holy instant, which you do not arrange, thousands will rise to heaven with you. Can you plan for this? Or could you prepare yourselves for such a function? Yet it is possible because God wills it, nor will he change his mind about it. The means and purpose both belong to him. You have accepted one, the other will be provided. A purpose such as this without the means is inconceivable. He will provide the means to anyone who shares his purpose. Happy dreams come true, not because they are dreams, but only because they are happy. And so they must be loving. Their message is, thy will be done, and not, I want it otherwise. (laughs) Means and purpose is an undertaking impossible for you to understand. You do not even realize you have accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose as your own, and you only bring unholy means to its accomplishment. The little faith it needed to change the purpose is all that is required to receive the means and use them. It is no dream to love your brother as yourself, nor is your holy relationship a dream. All that remains of dreams within it is that it is still a special relationship. Yet it is very useful to the Holy Spirit who has a special function here. It will, hold on, (laughs) it will become the happy dream through which he can spread joy to thousands on thousands who believe that love is fear, not happiness. Let him fulfill the function that he gave to your relationship by accepting it for you. And nothing will be wanting that would make of it what he would have it be. When you feel the holiness of your relationship is threatened by anything, stop instantly and offer the Holy Spirit your willingness in spite of fear to let him exchange this instant for the Holy One, which you would rather have. He will never fail in this, but forget not that your relationship is one, and so it must be that whatever threatens the peace of one is an equal threat to the other. The power of joining and its blessing lie in the fact that it is now impossible for either of you to experience fear alone or to attempt to deal with it alone. Never believe that this is necessary or even possible. Yet just as this is impossible, so is it equally impossible that the holy instant come to either of you without the other. And it will come to both at the request of either. Hmm. Whichever is saner at the time when the threat is perceived should remember how deep is his indebtedness to the other and how much gratitude is due him and be glad that he can pay his debt by bringing happiness to both. Let him remember this and say, I desire this holy instant for myself that I may share it with my brother whom I love. It, It is not possible that I can have it without him or he without me. Yet it is wholly possible for us to share it now. And so I choose this instant as the one to offer to the Holy Spirit that his blessing may descend on us and keep us both in peace. Sorry, rearranging. That's a good little kind of a prayer type thing to repeat. You'll get lost in it. Yeah, you know, for that uh, 
it's a short chapter and the title is, is really intriguing. It really brings me in, you know, the happy dream as that's, that's the goal here is to, you know, transcend these dreams to happy dreams. But it doesn't have a whole lot of instruction manual in there. It didn't seem like to me. Happy dreams come true, not because they're dreams, because they are happy. And so they're, they're, thy will be done. I guess that sums it up for me, thy will be done, just be in the now, and thy will be done, and don't move from that. And well, yeah, then it, I think that is the instruction. It's, it's actually in paragraph, or, yeah, paragraph 42. It says, your part is only to offer him a little willingness to let him remove all fear and hatred and be forgiven. So the instruction isn't that we do anything. The instruction is we just be willing to have it done. And that's what we were talking about, Susan, when we, you, when we were talking earlier mm -hmm. about what to do. It's yeah. the same thing as just allowing spirit to go ahead and do the work for you, yeah. to, to be your guide. Uh, that's a good, uh, I know Nathan and I were talking earlier and he mentioned the happy dream. And I, that is a really good chapter. It is. I like that paragraph 46. Does, yeah, it does give instruction. Uh, you just have to be willing to do that instruction, <laughs> which is, is it's a very difficult part. But mm -hmm. I think reading over that a few times, it kind of starts sinking in. There's a lot there. Well, 46 gives the instructions as far as relationship. And it, yeah, it's relationship, yeah. Yeah. And it makes it look so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I say, it's interesting. I don't know. If, I don't know. If it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, Susan? You were asking about like holy relationships, and can you be in a holy relationship with somebody who doesn't? Yeah, holy relationship. And it's interesting that last sentence yeah. on forty six talking about the holy instant mm -hmm. says it comes to both at the request of either. Yeah. So it is just even though it's a relationship as we think of it, you actually only need one person. Mm -hmm. It's hard, hard to conceive of in a in a way. I guess I guess often when I think about that, I think about how I would like to see it reflected back from that other person, yeah. the way I perceive it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, we come up against the believability factor. You know, we want to see the manifestation of what we. Yeah, we want it. We want it now, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and we think we know what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excellent statement. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll say I feel like the relationship with my sister has really been healed, and I haven't talked to her in two plus years. You know, and some people are like, "Oh, well, that that, that relationship hasn't been healed." I'm like, "It has been on my side." So. You don't have to understand what you're seeing. That's a hard thing to get used to, too, is, is, is seeing the reaction or responses, whatever, and you go, well, that doesn't exactly fit in the image that I perceive, but okay. <laughs> I loved what you said yesterday about accepting the other person and being joyful, being incredibly joyous about exactly where they are. Yeah. And that really kind of took my knees out from under me, you know? It's like, I have to rejoice about that, yes. Yeah. And it was really cool. Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah, that's what 44 says, you know, the happy dreams, they must be loving. But the message of the happy dream is thy will be done, not I want it otherwise. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. It, you know, going back to that, Susan, it is, it truly is, uh, the Holy Spirit is working with them in the way that they can best understand. And whatever's happening to them is in their best interest. And, and you don't have to understand that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just just be happy for them that Spirit's always there with them, just as the Holy Spirit's always with you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. If I always, you know, if I will be done, I say each moment we either, you got, it's either fight or flow. You know, it's just that. Fight or flow. Fight or flow. Yeah. Well, I'll say it's for me that's always challenging when I read it in the course because it, it talks about, you know, like God's will is happiness. But it's like coming from a conservative Christian background, thy will be done wasn't happiness. It was, okay, God, I'll put up with whatever you want, you know, and. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't think that's what the course is talking about. When it's talking, you know, thy will. I mean, it says God's will is happiness, but that's not how I always learned it. Yeah, because it's it's just back to that right or being happy. You know, you can't have both. You know, you you, you want one or the you want to be right. It's what it is. And that's fight. You know. Heck yeah. Well, part of it is we don't really understand and know what's in our best interest. Oh yeah. The Holy Spirit does, and so when we see something, we tend to judge it instead of accepted as something that's beneficial to us and we just haven't seen the light yet. Yeah. yeah. And that's mind training to realize it's all yeah. from a uh, learning opportunity and the best good for everybody. Yeah. I just had to, I just had to give up on, on thinking that I understood things that, that are going on with other people because it's just, I mean, God, half the time I don't understand what's happening with myself. So, you know, how how could I expect myself to try and understand other people? You know, uh, to, to any great degree. It's I've got to let some things go because Spirit's got to deal with me. And I've got to be willing to be dealt with. <laughs> it took a long time to say that. <laughs> Take you to the woodshed. <laughs> Oh. Bad boy. All right. Who is next reading? I think Susan, uh, maybe? I am, yeah. Yeah. Dreams in the body. There is nothing outside you. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you must ultimately learn. Oh. Hmm. That is what you must ultimately learn. For it is in that realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you. For God created only this, and he did not depart from it, nor leave it separate from him. The kingdom of heaven is the dwelling place of the Son of God, who left not his Father and dwells not apart from him. Heaven is not a place, nor a condition. It is merely an awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else. Nothing else, nothing outside this oneness, and nothing else within. What could God give but knowledge of himself? What else is there to give? The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven and the loss of your identity. 
and you have done a stranger thing than you yet realize. You have displaced your guilt to your bodies from your minds. Yet a body cannot be guilty, for it can do nothing of itself. <laughs> you who think you hate your bodies deceive yourselves. You hate your minds, for God has entered, for, sorry, for guilt has entered into them, and they would meet, remain separate, which they cannot do. Minds are joined, bodies are not. Only by assigning to the mind the properties of the body does separation seem to be possible. And it is mind that seems to be fragmented and private and alone. Its guilt, which keeps it separate, is projected to the body, which suffers and dies because it is attacked to hold the separation in the mind and let it not know its identity. Ooh. Mind cannot attack, but it can make fantasies and direct the body to act them out. Yet it is never what the body does that seems to satisfy. Unless the mind believes the body is actually acting out its fantasies, it will attack the body by increasing the projection of its guilt upon it. In this, the mind is clearly delusional. It cannot attack, but it maintains it can, and uses what it does to hurt the body to prove it can. The mind cannot attack, but it can deceive itself. And this is all it does when it believes it has attacked the body. It can project its guilt, but it will not lose it through projection. And though, and, and though it clearly can misperceive the function of the body, it cannot change its function from what the Holy Spirit establishes it to be. The body was not made by love, yet love does not condemn it and can use it lovingly respecting what the Son of God has made and using it to save him from illusions. Would you not have the instruments of separation reinterpreted as a means for salvation and used for purposes of love? Would you not welcome and support the shift from fantasies of vengeance to release from them? Your perception of the body can clearly be sick, but project not this upon the body. For your wish to make destructive what cannot destroy can have no real effect at all and what god created is only what he would have it be being his will you cannot make his will destructive you can make fantasies in which your will conflicts with his but that is all it is insane to use the body as a scapegoat for guilt directing its attack and blaming it for what you wished it to do it is impossible to act out fantasies for it is still the fantasies you want, and they have nothing to do with what the body does. It does not dream of them, and they but make it a liability where it could be an asset. For fantasies have made your body your enemy, weak, vulnerable, and treacherous, worthy of the hate which you invest in it. How has this served you? You have identified with this thing you hate, the instrument of vengeance and the perceived source of your guilt. You have done this to a thing that has no meaning, proclaiming it to be the dwelling place of the Son of God and turning it against him. <clears throat> this is the host of God that you have made, and neither God nor his most holy Son 
can enter an abode which harbors hate and where you have sown the seed of vengeance, violence, and death. This thing you made to serve your guilt stands between you and other minds. The minds are joined, but you do not identify with them. You see yourself locked in a separate prison, removed and unreachable, incapable of reaching out as being, as being reached. You hate this prison you have made and would destroy it, but you would not escape from it, leaving it unharmed without your guilt upon it. Yet only thus can you escape. The home of vengeance is not yours. The place you set aside to house your hate is not a prison, but an illusion of yourself. The body is a limit imposed on the universal communication, which is an eternal property of the mind. But the communication is eternal. It is not made up of different parts which reach each other. Mind reaches to itself. It does not go out. Within itself, it has no limits, and there is nothing outside it. It encompasses everything. It encompasses you entirely, you within it, and it within you. There is nothing else anywhere or ever. The body is outside you, but seems to surround you, shutting you off from others and keeping you apart from them, and them from you. It is not there. There is no barrier between God and his Son, nor can his Son be separated from himself except in illusions. This is not his reality, though he believes it is. Yet this could only be if God were wrong. God would have had to create differently and to have separated himself from his Son to make this possible. To create different things and to establish different orders of reality, only some of which were love. Yet love must forever must be forever like itself, changeless forever and forever without alternative, and so it is. You cannot put a barrier around yourself because God placed none between himself and you. You can stretch out your hand and reach to heaven. You whose hands are joined have begun to reach beyond the body but not outside yourselves, to reach your shared identity together. <clears throat> Could this be outside you, where God is not? Is he a body, and did he create you as he is not, and where he cannot be? You are surrounded only by him. What limit can there be on you when he encompasses? Everyone has experienced, <clears throat> sorry. Everyone has experienced what he would call a sense of being transport beyond himself. This feeling of liberation far exceeds the dream of freedom sometimes experienced in special relationships. It is a sense of actual escape from limitations. If you will consider what this transportation really entails, you will realize that it is a sudden unawareness of the body and a joining of yourself and something else in which your mind enlarges to encompass it. Huh. It becomes part of you as you unite with it, and both become whole as neither is perceived as separate. What really happens is that you have given up the illusion of a limited awareness and lost your fear of union. Ooh. The love that instantly replaced it exceeds 
to what has freed you and unites with it. And while this lasts, you are not uncertain of your identity and would not limit it. You have escaped from fear to peace, asking no questions of reality, but merely accepting it. You have accepted this instead of the body and have let yourself be one with something beyond it simply by not letting your mind be limited by it. This can occur regardless of the physical distance, which seems to be between you and what you join, of your respective positions in space and your differences in size, seeming quality and seeming quality. Time is not relevant. It can occur with something past, present, or anticipated. This something can be anything and anywhere, a sound, a sight, a thought, a memory, and even a general idea with specific reference. Yet in every case, you joined it without reservation because you love it and would be with it. And so you rush to meet it, letting your limits melt away, suspending all, your, all the laws your body obeys, and gently setting them aside. There is no violence at all in this escape. The body is not attacked, but simply properly perceived. It does not limit you merely because you would not have it so. You are not really lifted out of it. It cannot contain you. You go where you would be, gaining, and gaining, not losing, a sense of self. In these instants of release from physical restrictions, you experience much of what happens in the holy instant. Lifting of the barriers of time and space, the sudden experience of peace and joy, and above all, the lack of awareness of the body and of the questioning whether or not all this is possible. It is possible because you want it. The sun expansion of the self, which takes place with your desire for it, is the irresistible appeal the holy instant holds. It calls to you to be yourself within its safe embrace. There are the laws of limit lifted for you to welcome you to openness of mind and freedom. Come to this place of refuge where you can be yourself in peace, not through destruction, not through a breaking out, but merely by a quiet melting in. For peace will join you there simply because you have been willing to let go the limits you have placed upon love and joined it where it is and where it led you in answer to its gentle call to be at peace. Be at peace. It's a good description of, of, of I guess, of, it, it helped me to kind of sense that, yes, I'm, I'm not a body. <laughs> the body is outside you. But seems to be surround. But seems to surround. It's hard to get that. It's hard to maintain that image. I guess that vision because it's so. It's I'm so accustomed to. See myself as a body, to, but to see myself not a body and without the barriers and without limits, 
to me, it, it just, it opens me up to seeing so much different. Whenever I see from a body's perspective, I am truly looking at things through eyes of limitation. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to see ourselves as not a body in this lifetime? Well, it's saying that that's what the holy instant is. Uh, well, I think it gave you a description of it in that. And I think we can. We get, I think what it talks about is, it talks about is, we get, um, we experience it. We can experience it. Okay, we can't necessarily necessarily fully describe it or anything like that, but we can experience it. But we quickly bring ourselves back into a body. You know, I, at least that's been my experience. Okay. Yeah, I say I've kind of had that experience sometimes when I'm in meditation, but I know like the first time where it was really like. I was like, I was observing my thoughts, but I really had no sense that I had a body at all. It kind of panicked me. And I was like, oh my God, where's my body? Where's my body? You know? And then I was like, okay, here's the body. Body's back. Okay, good. <laughs> you know? And um, a lot of times in my meditation, I will do specifically a part where I'm just mentally visioning, expanding beyond the body. But it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's just for a minute, moment or two. And then it's, it's definitely, I'm like, you know, right back into body. I, I, you know, I, I, it's, 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 it's like, it's a warm, but I don't, yeah, it's exactly. It's not something you can really describe. It's like, it's a really great feeling, but then at the same time, there's that panic of, you know, I, I, I really don't want to go where I'm not experiencing the body in a way, because it's like, then it's unfamiliar and it's, you know, I'm like, what the heck? It's not that you've, uh, it's not that you've forgotten it, okay, because you, you do remember it. Uh, it's just that, you, you, well, it is that you've forgotten it. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, to me, it's because it's, it's, un, it's unfamiliar because I've chosen to, to make this, this experience more real than my, my true reality. And because of that, I, I've kind of forgotten what it's like. So, it, like... Reverend Kelly, with you, you know, you you pop right back into your body again, you know, because uh, that's what you're most familiar with, mm-hmm. and and that's that's the way I feel it too. Uh, I'm just more familiar with, and I'm, it's kind of a, you know, I kind of get afraid <laughs> a little bit, but but you but you, the more you spend time with that, the more it becomes more from you become more familiar with it. And you you start remembering, but it's like everything else. I mean, this course is a matter of choosing and being willing to re-experience the true reality of spirit, yep. and, and allowing this experience that we're having right now to start fading in the background, so to speak. It's, and it's not really so much that it's it's more of remembering who you are, because by remembering who you are. You can experience this anytime you want. You know, it, it's a belief, and uh, this world of form is just a belief. Probably our body is the last belief to go because it's a chosen home. The Course says, you know, it says at no one instant does the body actually exist. It's either a remembered past or anticipated future. 
So that being said, yeah, we can learn that and know that in our mind. It really doesn't exist. It is an actual reflection of our mind and, and know that in our head, living it and, and digesting that is the, the next, you know, Excuse me. <clears throat> I like that. Well, it's the same thing. If the body doesn't exist at any one second, it's the same as everything that I see. It doesn't either. It just falls, you know, goes with the territory. Yeah. But our power of belief again is such that we can we can make fantasies and illusions seem real. They seem as if they are. Yeah. Yes, it's all, all that just just the practicing of seeing things differently. Uh, it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, that's for help. I, I've really enjoyed this journey so far of, of experiencing things differently, allowing myself to experience experience myself separate and apart from the body. You know, to open myself to experience myself in, in a in a true reality the best I can and um and in doing so spirits been able to to help me awaken in, in certain areas and, and continues to do so and and I'm I'm very grateful for that. I agree. You know I was thinking this morning my daughter told me that my four year old granddaughter asked her God and I've been thinking a lot about that this morning because he always was. There's all this time that hasn't existed. <laughs> but why couldn't in all that time since that long ago that you know, we can't comprehend, why didn't we get this? Why didn't we get some of this? Why was this not was it never available, this information, so that in this lifetime you could have tools? Because to me, I don't know how you get through without this. You want, you want the long-winded version or you want a short version? Well, it made me think about my granddaughter with regards to now I could start teaching her these things at such an early age, but why couldn't more people know more about this so we could all have learned this? Any version, short or long, <laughs> I'm just curious about. I think it's the evolution of consciousness, you know? I mean, we were Vikings, you know, and they evolved to where, you know, it's, it's we're just mind and that's just consciousness. And it's just the, the weird thing of time from Big Bang to now, and uh, which was really nothing. We've made all these segments of, time but you can't go from a mineral to to a plant you know i mean we did you know probably in an instant but we put those levels and stuff in it here it's just yeah i was saying within the levels i i think i'll say other things i've said this material has been around it's just in a different different study and it's you know yeah. Why, why do we have a different form now? Because Americans, as we see them, prefer this form. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and, and, and the thing is, is that, of course, there's been distortions all along the way uh, ever since, you know, mankind even came in. But the, the thing that Jesus tried to bring back to us was to restore that communication with the Holy Spirit. And what we have done is we've chosen to, you know, we took that fear that we talked about early on, okay, and, and we basically fragmented it and, and became lost in it. And, and it became so much distortion. And, and, and Jesus was saying, listen, yeah. just restore your communication back with the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't ignore the voice that's within. And he got through to a few. And and was able to make some headway with a few, but it's it's still taking us a long time to realize that it's nothing more than restoring that communication. And and as long as we're not willing to do that, you know, we're going to continue to see things distorted. But it's the idea of restoring that communication has always been there. It has never been apart from us. And, and until we're willing, or if we're not willing to do it, we're going to continue to see that, boy, this could have ended a long time ago. But <laughs> we just, we wanted to go out there and find our happiness ourselves. <laughs> As individuals. Yeah. Well, this was good. Good stuff. Yes, it is. This was a good, good section. It was. It's a lot in there. You might even want to, uh, Susan. You might even want to journey, journal on that. Uh, the happy dream. Mm-hmm. You might want to consider that. Yeah. That seemed to be a. That's that's been this journaling has been interesting for me. Yeah, as I go through and I, I end up, I can't journal on all of them, all of my sections yet. So I, I have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. And, and that's a good one. I think I'm going to journal on too. I always figure whatever jumps out at you is what the spirit wanted you to hear today. Mm-hmm. You know? Because yeah. I've always said, I'm like, you, you could take one paragraph of the course and probably be enlightened by it and probably spend 50 years reading one paragraph. Yep. I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't do that. Pages, so, you know. Here's <laughs> 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 Yeah. yeah. You want the honest truth? Day and a half. <laughs> That's about it. Because <laughs> yeah, I figure if I'm not getting in the day and a half, it's going to take me a lot longer. And I'm, I'm going to need some help somewhere. <laughs> oh, Okay, well, why don't we do closing prayer, and then if you guys want to hang out and chat, you can. Anybody that wants to go can go, but I think we're pretty much done with the reading today. Woo! <laughs> we got six sections without rushing today. We did good, so. That was good. That's awesome. Okay. Just close your eyes. Maybe take a deep breath. <sighs> Father, Holy Spirit, we are so grateful for the opportunity to laugh and to be able to join together looking and considering these ideas so that we can really move towards better understanding of who we are in truth. 
And we just release any worries about our day, any thoughts, any concerns. And even if we hold judgments or upsets, we just allow ourselves to be willing to open and receive your guidance. And we commit this day to being the messengers of God that you would have us to be. And we allow it to be, and so it is. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks, yeah. I gotta go call mom and get to an appointment, so I'm yeah. gonna stop. Yep. Tell mom we all said hi. Yes. <laughs> no, she doesn't know about this. She oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'll see y'all next week. All right, bosses. I'm gonna leave too. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> oh gee, even even Nathan kicked off early. So even Nathan kicked off early today. Yeah, because normally me and him talk a little bit, but we had, we talked during the break. So okay, yeah, yeah I kind of heard up. you talking, but I wasn't paying attention. Um, oh, uh, oh, really? Okay, yeah. Well, I thought you were you're, you were muted anyway. I was muted, so you can't hear me, but I can still hear you. Oh, okay. Unless I turn, I turned the volume off the part way through too. So yeah, yeah. So you got Tony stuff this week, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's in Long Beach with one with his male friend for yeah. like four days. So I'm covering um, his Thursday class and then all the office stuff. Yeah, I had gone onto that that Facebook thing uh, just to kind of look at it. I, there wasn't really much going on. Uh, oh, good. I guess when I looked at it, but and I haven't had a chance to get back lately because I've been so busy. But um, it's probably better you were on there on a calm day. The, the, the crazy days are a little bit. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> These people say they study the course. What are you talking about? You know, what I mean, it gets, it gets bad. Well, here lately, I've been so busy with 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 my part time job and my 